Attention! This makes absolutely no sense. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Xander's Facts. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Xander's Facts. I am, of course, the aforementioned Xander, and though this is sadly not a new episode of the Xander's Facts podcast, this week we are doing a Xander's Facts flashback. We are looking back to the past, to one of our previous episodes. We do it from time to time just to, you know, take a break and just... If you forgot some facts along the way, along of our 109 episodes that we've done now, then maybe take a break and listen back to the podcast that we haven't caught up on. That may include episode 99. Back from March 29th, we talked about nuclear fusion. You may remember back in March, we had the news about this breakthrough regarding fusion and what that could do for energy. So we talked about it. I explained everything you need to know about nuclear fusion. So if you missed that podcast... You're in luck, because we're replaying that this week on the Xander's Facts podcast, and even if you didn't miss the podcast back in March, if you did listen, you should listen again. You may have get some facts that you may have missed last time, because there are a lot of facts on these podcasts. It's easy to miss one or two, but thankfully, we got some facts this week that were pretty good back a couple months ago, so we're replaying that this week. But before we get to that, just wanted to remind you all that if you like the Xander's Facts podcast, if you think you're going to like all the facts on this week's edition, remember to follow this podcast, download this episode, this Xander's Facts flashback, rate and review the podcast, then check us out on all the socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, at Xander's Facts, that's Xander with a Z, and most importantly, remember to tell all your friends, spread the facts, Xander's Facts podcast, tell all your friends about the podcast, about the newsletter, Xander's Weekend Facts, it's a recap of the week's top headlines, comes out every Sunday morning, it's free, you can sign up in the episode's description below, there's a link, and check out the Xander's Facts link tree because it has all the Xander's Facts links that you need, that is also linked in the episode's description, so go check those out. So, without further ado, let's just get to this week's Xander's Facts flashback. Again, we are going back to March Episode 99, Lighting the Fuse on Fusion. You know, there's coal, there's oil, there's even solar, wind, hydro, all these energy sources. But there might be this new source of energy where we can get energy from. And it might be able to even provide unlimited, if there is such a thing, energy. That would be nuclear fusion. We talked about it back on episode 99, and we are talking about it again as we get to this week's Xander's Facts Flashback. Xander's Facts. We got a lot of facts to get to this week, so I wanted to first start with our main topic for the week, which is nuclear fusion. You probably heard about it because in the news a couple months ago, it was all over the news. And it could be the cure to all our energy problems. Maybe. But you probably have a lot of questions, and I do too, so I'm going to answer them here on this week's podcast. But a couple of months ago, as I said, news came out about basically this incredible scientific discovery. Well, not really a discovery, but a breakthrough that took place in California, specifically the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory. Scientists there were able to achieve this thing called fusion ignition, which is the process of creating more energy from fusion reactions than the energy that was used to actually complete the process. This was basically an accomplishment that was decades in the making. Congratulations! This national laboratory had been open for decades. 
They've been trying to do this at several places around the world for decades. And finally, last year, we were able to achieve fusion ignition. Now, that was the big news, but what does it actually mean? How did it actually happen in the first place? Is this actually going to affect our lives anytime soon? Those are some questions you probably have regarding nuclear fusion, and I did too, which is why I found all the facts regarding nuclear fusion, and I'm here to answer all your questions with some facts, because I'm going to give you a little hint about nuclear fusion. This could be big for society. Bold move there. So let's talk about nuclear fusion this week on the Zaders Facts Podcast, episode 99. And let's start by basically explaining what nuclear fusion is. You've probably heard of something else called nuclear fission before, which is where a neutron, if you all know back from, what was it, atoms I learned about in like eighth grade or something, you have to hark in your memory all the way back to then. We're talking about neutrons, we're talking about atoms. Nuclear fission is where a neutron slams into a larger atom, which causes the larger atom to split into two smaller atoms. This is basically how we got nuclear bombs. It's what powered the two nuclear bombs that were dropped on Japan in World War II. And they also power the most common type of nuclear reactor today, which brings us the nuclear energy that we have and that we use today. But that's different from what we're talking about today, which is nuclear fusion, not fission, F-I-S-S-I-O-N. We're talking about fusion, F-U-S-I-O-N. The difference between the two is that in a nuclear fusion reaction, two light nuclei merge with each other. They don't cause a separation. They merge with each other to form one larger nucleus. And this is actually the type of reaction that powers stars like the sun, which gives us light, which we love. Really? Energy is created from these reactions because the total mass of the nucleus that is created is actually less than the combined mass of the two smaller nuclei that merged. So that leftover mass becomes energy. This is a fact. So there you go. It all sounds so simple, right? Podcast over. We've achieved it. We're done. Goodbye. Sadly, that is not the case. It really isn't that simple. So don't leave the podcast. We're not done yet. We've been trying to create these reactions for decades to basically no avail. We haven't had the power, basically, or the scientific knowledge to be able to do so. Basically, having an excess amount of energy left over from these reactions. Well, all that changed back in December of last year, 2022, when scientists at the National Ignition Facility, which is located at that Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory in Livermore, California, were finally able to create an excess amount of energy from a nuclear fusion reaction. So how exactly did that process work in the first place? Well, first off, you probably need to know about the NIF, which is the National Ignition Facility. It houses the world's largest and most energetic laser. It cost, when it was built back in the 1990s, nearly $3.5 billion, with a B, dollars, all with the goal for studying high-energy, high-density conditions like a nuclear fusion reaction. Since then, the NIF tried many times to achieve ignition, getting more energy out than was put in. But every time, it failed. Until just a few months ago. Because on December 5th, 2022, 
192 total lasers shot out with a power that is over 1,000 times greater than the entire national power grid. That's a lot of numbers. I mean, like, y'all, that's insane. The laser shot used two units of energy, and what came out was three units of energy, or megajoules. That was the first time ever that that had happened. That ignition had been created by humans. So as I said, this is how the sun and other stars are created, from that energy. So we kind of made our own little sun. But it was really small. It only lasted for less than a hundred trillionths of a second, which is very quick. That means it happened like a hundred trillion times a second or whatever, which is very fast, which is faster than I'm talking right now. Duh. It took a nearly 10-story, multi-billion dollar facility filled to the brim with these massive lasers to get it done with power that is over a thousand times greater than the entire national power grid. But it happened, which is absolutely insane. It's a huge, remarkable achievement in the world of science. But what does it all mean? What does it mean for us? Because that's the question we're all really asking, right? I mean, scientists were awed and they were amazed by this announcement. But what exactly does this all mean? What can nuclear fusion do for us? Good question. Well, for those questions, I have good answers because the possibilities are literally endless. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to actually comprehend, but nuclear fusion could actually solve like a ton of the problems we face in the world today. Because when we're able to achieve fusion at a massive scale, we'll have unlimited clean energy. Because right now, we all know this, we talked about it on the podcast before, the world is using non-renewable energy resources like coal and oil to power everything we use. And we know that that has two really big issues. Number one, they're kind of dirty, so they're killing the planet. And number two, they're non-renewable, which means once we use them, they're gone. And we keep using them. And we know that someday, and this day could come up soon, we're going to run out of them all. And also, as I'll say again, they're very bad for the planet because the latest report from the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change said that global average temperatures in the first half of the 2030s are estimated to rise by 1.5 degrees Celsius, that's 2.7 degrees Fahrenheit, above pre-industrial levels. It's the truth. Which is not very good, because the warming of the Earth creates a ton of bad things that we've talked about before on the podcast, you should go listen to our past episodes. But of course, we also don't only use things like coal and oil. We also have renewable energy sources, which are picking up steam, literally hydro, nuclear, fission to some extent, but also wind and solar. And we've talked about the benefits of those on this podcast before. But still, at this very moment, their usage levels pale in comparison to the oil and coal that we still use. Nuclear fusion brings us another renewable energy resource, because when we achieve ignition, it doesn't pollute, and it produces very little, if any, radioactive waste, unlike with nuclear fission, as I just said. With fission, 
we've had things like Chernobyl and Three Mile Island, and these have been disasters that have not been too good. You don't get these dangers, basically, which have done harm to our environment with nuclear fusion. So, no runaway reactions. Plus, we can consider it to be renewable because all we need, along with the massive machines, which I'm going to talk about in a second, are heavy hydrogen atoms, which can be found abundantly in seawater. So, if we can find the capabilities, fusion could be found in almost unlimited quantities. That means that the amount of energy we have could be almost endless. Whoa. You know, so obviously, we talk about wind and solar and hydro, and these are great things, but they all have their limitations. I mean, when it's not windy, you don't pick up energy. When it's not sunny outside, you don't pick up solar energy. So there's limitations to how you can get these. There's limitations to how you can get fusion energy, too, like we need these huge machines to be able to make it happen. But once we have those, we can basically produce it in unlimited quantities as much as we want. So problems that are basically hindered by a lack of energy or clean energy in our world could be solved. That includes, get this, global hunger. I mean, we always joke that we'd like to solve world hunger and all that stuff, but fusion could actually do that in a way because actions that take enormous amounts of energy like planting and producing and farming all this food that we need for the global population takes a lot of energy. And obviously there's other things that go into this too, but having unlimited quantities of nuclear fusion, of having energy, could be one step to helping that problem. Another problem could be drinking water, because another action that takes enormous amounts of energy is desalinating ocean water into fresh water that can be used for common uses, like drinking or bathing or whatever have you. You know, we could also do that if we had unlimited amounts. The reason why, especially in the West Coast of the United States, where droughts have been all over the place, even though there's been a lot of snow and rain this winter, but over the past few years, and for a while, droughts have been a major issue in the West, in the United States, because they don't have a lot of water, and now they have to conserve water. Well, if we can actually get water from the ocean and turn it into fresh water, right, right now we can't do that on large quantities because it takes a ton of energy. If we had unlimited energy, that wouldn't be an issue. And I don't really see the downside to it because the sea levels are literally rising. Like, we have too much water in the ocean, to be honest, now. Because pretty soon our cities are going to be underwater on the coast, and that's not going to be good. Whoops. So obviously, if we have unlimited amounts of energy from nuclear fusion, that could help. I mean, it could allow for solutions to these massive problems and also, you know, just simply provide an energy source that can replace coal and oil. So in that sense, it could also provide a solution to the major problem of pollution and damaging the environment and actually trying to achieve net zero emissions. Because that's always talked about as a goal for companies and countries and everybody, but right now, you know, we're not getting much closer to that goal than we were. Obviously, having nuclear fusion, unlimited clean energy would definitely help speed up that process. And obviously, there's a ton of other things in this world, problems that could be solved by unlimited energy. 
Now, we can't solve all problems, like things I don't want to get into on this podcast this week, but there's a lot of things that it can. Like, think of a problem where the solution is we need more energy. Well, there you go. Nuclear fusion's your answer. A lot of other things that I didn't mention here on this podcast. So the benefits of nuclear fusion, I think, are massive, huge breakthroughs for society. It's amazing. Oh, my gosh. But let's hold our horses here for just a second. We've achieved this monumental breakthrough. It's amazing. But there's still a long way to go in order to actually be able to even use nuclear fusion as an energy source. Because if we go back to that December laser shot, which is the only time in history as of Wednesday, March 29th, 2023, that we've achieved ignition, it only produced enough energy to power about 15 to 20 kettles like you put on the stove. Do better. That in, you know, the grand scheme of things is not that much. And so obviously we need to produce a lot more energy. But in order to even take that shot, a tiny target, barely large enough to see, barely large enough to see in the palm of your hand, it's super tiny, needs to be created. It's a little hollow target shell, and the scientists load it with hydrogen at negative 430 degrees. And it also needs to be perfectly round, or else you're not going to get ignition. So the shell is formed out of diamonds, and the National Ignition Facility says that it builds around 1,500 of them a year, and it gets about 150 of them perfect, which means they can use about 150 of them. That's just one of the challenges that we have in order to be able to actually produce more energy. Another challenge is that the facility takes about one shot per day. In a commercial power plant, there would need to be about 10 shots taken per second. And of course, more energy would need to be produced about like 100 times more if we were going to be operating a commercial nuclear fusion power plant. Seriously? That also means that if they kept going with the diamond shells, they'd need about 900,000 perfect diamond shells every single day, which doesn't seem attainable at the moment. And if you actually look at everything that allowed the lasers to fire, it actually took not three units of energy, but it took 300 total units of power to fire the lasers, to actually get the lasers going. Because, the, yes, the lasers did emit or produce two units of energy, and what came out of that was three units of energy, but to power the lasers, it took 300 total units of power. So, technically, we still haven't totally produced more energy than we used to produce that energy, if you get what I'm saying. So, you know, for decades, scientists have joked that fusion's going to be here in 10 years, it's going to be here in 20 years, 30 years, that it's coming soon. I mean, and while the simple fact of ignition is a monumental step, scientists acknowledge that there is still a long way to go. Now, the Biden administration, when that was announced, said they have a goal of having commercial fusion power within a decade. Are you sure? But scientists were like, really? I hate to break it to you, but there is no way that that is happening. Not achievable. 
They say it could be decades before fusion is ultimately commercially viable, where we can use it at a mass scale. Although in 20 years' time, there's absolutely a chance that fusion begins producing energy on a mass scale. We've gotten to the point now where the science is achievable. Now we just have an engineering problem. Now we just have to make, if we're going to go the shell route, we have to make a lot of those little tiny shells. We're going to need to be able to build more of these lasers and produce a lot more energy. But the U.S. government and other governments around the world are behind this project, and so are some of the biggest companies from around the world, like Google. These companies, just in the last year, have invested billions of dollars into this, so they believe in it. So it's no longer a matter of if we can achieve commercial fusion energy. We're now at the point where we know we can. It's just a matter of when we can. Science is going to continue to improve, and hopefully so are our engineering capabilities in the next few decades or so. And hopefully, I know I'm talking decades, or like, Sander, that's super long. We need something now. And I know we need something now, because as I said, 2035 or 20, whatever, 2030s, we're going to be at one and a half degrees Celsius before industrialization times, which is really bad. And that's climate change right there and sea level rise. And we'd like to actually be able to use the seawater to produce drinking water. But sadly, we're not there yet. I mean, to wrap it up, fusion could ultimately change our world. And I think it is going to change our world when it's commercially viable. But we're going to have to wait just a little bit. Just, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Hold your horses. Because when you actually take a second, lean back, close your eyes, think about it, unless you're driving or doing whatever, don't close your eyes, and think about what has actually been done here, it's really nothing short of astonishing. Fusion is going to be the future and it's going to have a huge benefit in our lives. And ultimately, I don't think it's really going to have many negatives. The only question is, when is this going to happen? Hopefully I answered your questions of what this is, how did it happen, but the big question that no one really knows, we can only give educated guesses, is when is this going to happen? That's the question I don't know. That's the question we're going to keep asking. But it's going to take probably a couple, couple years or so for us to know the answer. But really, I'm just excited to know that this is all coming. That nuclear fusion, that basically unlimited clean energy, that a solution to some of the biggest problems we have on this globe. And there's a lot of problems that it, it won't solve, but there's some that it will. And that's just pretty cool to think about. The future. Debatable. Exciting times. Let me tell you. So that's basically my little spiel on nuclear fusion. Get excited, y'all, because it's coming. Maybe it'll take a minute, but it is coming. Make no mistake about it. If you say so, Xander's Facts. There you have it, y'all. That is this week's Xander's Facts flashback. And those are all the facts I got for you this week on the podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. And remember, if you liked all the facts on this week's flashback, remember to follow this podcast. Download this episode, the Sanders Facts Flashback, rate and review the podcast, then check us out on all the socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, at Sanders Facts, that is Xander with a Z, and most importantly, remember to tell all your friends, spread the facts, Sanders Facts Podcast, tell all your friends about the podcast, about the newsletter, Sanders Weekend Facts, about Sanders Facts on YouTube, all of our new episodes get posted onto YouTube as well every Wednesday, including this flashback, so go subscribe, check it out. 
and check out the Xander's Facts link tree because it has all the Xander's Facts links that you need. Lots of facts, y'all. So that's a wrap on this week's flashback, but coming up next week, next Wednesday, the first week of July, my favorite month of the year, we have a brand new podcast, episode 110, where we are going to have some new facts for you that I don't think you'll want to miss. So tune into that next Wednesday, July 5th, for episode 110 of the podcast. But that is it, y'all. That is a wrap on this week's Zader's Facts Flashback. Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see y'all with episode 110 next week. The caravan of mostly Central American immigrants is now in the Mexican city of Guadalajara.